It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Thirteen ten WIBA and of course full scope with Dr. Nicole, Madison's direct care doc. You can learn more about Dr. Nicole and Advocate MD online. The website advocatedpc.com. That's advocatedpc.com. Great website, great resource. Not only to learn about Advocate MD and Dr. Nicole and Dr. Balin and the practice, you can also learn more if you're not familiar with it, uh, more about direct primary care, which is a really cool model, a great uh, option for you if you look for some for yourself, for your family. If you're a business owner, maybe you're a business leader looking for some great options for your employees, check out Direct Primary Care and check out the website AdvocateDPC.com. That's AdvocateDPC.com. And the telephone number, give them a call, make an appointment, and become a member at AdvocateMD, 608-268-6211. That's 608-268-6211. Dr. Nicole, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing very well, Sean. How about you? I'm doing absolutely fantastic, and we are going to talk about kiwis. And I saw a funny meme the other day. We'll get to, <laughs> we'll get deeper into kiwis later, but I saw a great meme the other day. It had a, a kiwi bird eating a kiwi, and it said cannibalism. And I that oh my gosh! Pretty funny, but uh, we'll talk about <laughs> talk about kiwis in the in the food as segment uh, portion of the program. It should be really interesting and uh, really uh, really a lot of great information. Kiwis are, are pretty amazing fruit, so we'll get the details on that. Of course, we'll also talk a bit about direct primary care as we uh, as we roll through the program today. The primary topic, though, Doc, you want to talk about this week is sore throat. And correct me if I'm wrong. This is when it comes to, you know, you've got like a sprained wrist, for example, pretty definitive about what's going on and, and how that happens. Sore throat, there's a lot of different causes for a sore throat, aren't there? Yes. And, you know, so a lot of times we talk about diagnoses and this is kind of more of a symptom. So, you know, this is something that you would commonly see a patient coming into our office that's describing a sore throat. And yes, it can be things that are very common. It could be some, something that's uncommon. It could be something that's very, you know, benign or not too serious all the way to something that's very serious. Um, so it's important to kind of get all of the symptoms um, and try to put the pieces together to make sure that you come to the correct diagnosis. Let's talk about some of the more common causes of of um, of sore throats. And, and that also runs the gambit too, doesn't it? Yes. So the, the most common things are, you know, either viruses or bacteria. And that's kind of the always the million dollar question is sorting out, is this a virus or a bacteria? Because we treat these things in different ways, right? So bacteria, we would treat with an antibacterial. A virus typically is, is kind of self-limiting, meaning that it gets better on its own. You know, now we hear mostly about the COVID virus. But there are also a whole list of what we consider non-infectious causes of sore throat. So for example, if you have a runny nose or, you know, the medical term being allergic rhinitis, mm-hmm. um, kind of seasonal allergies, which this time of year a lot of us have. And so you get that post-nasal drip that drips into the back of your throat. And a lot of times that will ca- cause kind of a chronic sore throat. Um, in many cases, it might be worse in the morning because you've been like laying back and all that stuff is kind of collecting in the back of your throat. You might find that that person is clearing their throat a lot. They might have other kind of upper respiratory symptoms that go along with 
the allergy component and it might, might be more seasonal um, and chronic rather than something that just happens all of a sudden and lasts for a shorter period of time. We also think of things like GERD, so reflux, which we've talked about before, because that acid can come all the way up the esophagus into the back of the throat. Um, and again, this would be probably something we would think of more, uh, more chronically, that somebody would suffer from this for a long period of time um, and also, again, might be more food-related. Uh, we also think of things like if the person smokes, because that can cause irritation, and even exposure to dry air. So again, during uh, the winter months, maybe, you know, when we come from the cold into the warm interior and people have their radiators on, their heaters on, that really dries things out. So sometimes that dry air can cause a, a sore throat trauma. So trauma would be something like if a person maybe has something that has been shoved down their throat, for example, like if they're intubated for a, a surgery, that can cause um, irritation and even sometimes some injury to the back of the throat. So even after they have that tube pulled out, it might be days or even sometimes a little bit longer before that, that sore throat goes away. Vocal strain. So if you're talking a lot, maybe people that you know sing or do other things. But if you're somebody that has to talk a lot for your job, maybe like, <laughs> <I> know <people laughs> you know like anybody that. like that. Um, you know, maybe maybe just from the additional stress and strain of having to use your voice so much, occasionally you can have some uh, sore throat related to that. And then there are a, few, a very few number of medications. Um, one of the blood pressure medicines, um, some of the chemotherapy medicines that can cause sore throat, and then kind of on the bottom of the list is something like autoimmune disorders. So uh, these things might, that might be part of a constellation of symptoms. And one of them might be sore throat. Doc, do we see as far as the areas, is it, is it just the back of the back of the throat? Is it tonsils, kind of a mixture of them all? Or is that part of, as we get, we'll talk a little bit later about some of the diagnosis. I mean, just different areas affected, are they typically all affected equally or, or what do we need to know there? Exactly. You know, I think that when traditionally when we say sore throat, it's usually kind of the back posterior part of the throat. You know, sometimes people might describe that even when it's anything in the interior of their mouth. Some people can even have, you know, tooth issues going on where they might describe, you know, pain in their, their throat, but it's kind of more in their mouth. Mm. Um, sometimes it can be the posterior part of your palate. So the upper part of your mouth. But yeah, traditionally, I would say it's usually the back of the throat, the tonsils, that area where people are are having most of their issues. Talking this evening with Dr. Nicole Hemkiss. This is, of course, Full Scope with Dr. Nicole, Madison's direct care doc. Dr. Hemkiss is the owner and medical director at Advocate MD, a direct primary care practice. You can learn more about Dr. Nicole. You can learn more about Dr. Balin. You can also learn about the two convenient locations of Advocate MD, as well as learn about direct primary care all online. The website, advocatesdpc.com. That's advocatesdpc.com. And the telephone number to make an appointment to become a member at Advocate MD, 608-268-6211. That's 608-268-6211. So we talk about some of the um, common causes. You mentioned things like uh, infections um, can be a cause. Uh, what type of uh, infections do we typically see there? And, and how do you differentiate um, if it's if it's an infection versus, you know, just kind of outside irritant? How is that determination made? Yes. So this, this is the more complex complicated part sometimes mm -hmm. is differentiating is this a bacteria causing this is this a virus causing it so usually when we see bacterial throat infections we see things like a fever sometimes a high fever a sudden onset sometimes when we look in the back of the throat we'll see that the tonsils are are enlarged or swollen 
sometimes we can even see something called a peritonsillar abscess. So that's kind of like a big um, pocket of infection there. Uh, we can feel the, the lymph nodes around the bottom of the jawline. Um, and if those are inflamed, again, in many cases, that might be more correlated with bacterial versus infectious. And also, again, sometimes um, we see a rash, you know, typical of things like scarlet fever, we see this kind of uh, very uh, representative rash that people can have. So if they have, you know, two or more of those symptoms, you know, we might be thinking more bacteria versus virus. Um, and it's also, again, when you go into the doctor's office, they're going to ask you a bunch of questions about the timing of this. Did this come on all of a sudden? Did it come on slowly? How long has it been happening? Because it's going to, a bacterial throat infection, if you tell me you've been having a sore throat for two months, it's most likely not a virus or a bacteria. That's too long. Um, you know, it, you would have been really sick by now. So I might start to think more of those chronic things like the allergies and the reflux. Um, but if you tell me it's been going on for a week, or a few days, again, it might be either one of those things. Um, but then you have to kind of use the physical exam, look and see what the inside of the throat looks like. The doctor will listen to your chest, make sure it doesn't sound like you have any, you know, pneumonia or wheezing in your lungs. Um, and then we'll also do a skin exam, make sure you don't have any rashes. They'll kind of look, you know, they kind of tap on your sinuses maybe and see if you if you have, you know, a lot of sinus congestion, because again, that could contribute to that. Um, and then look at your medical history and see if you take medications that might be causing this, if you have other medical conditions that this could be a symptom of. Um, so kind of put all those pieces together. Can there be some serious, um, obviously we talk about, you know, things like, like, um, you know, bacterial or a virus, those type of things, you know, whether it's, whether it's time or, or, uh, medication that those things tend to solve themselves on their own. Um, can there be, can there be certain conditions that can be, that can be rather serious when it comes to, um, you know, that, that the, that the sore throat is a symptom of? Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Yes. So, you know, the, the red flags, because mm -hmm. even whether it's a viral or a bacterial sore throat, typically we think of bacterial as being, you know, more severe. Um, but potentially, you know, you could have symptoms related to that that could be very significant and, and cause you to need to be hospitalized. So, we look at kind of the red flags as, you know, when that person's talking, do they have like a muffled voice? Sometimes a sudden onset of, of hoarseness or inability to talk can be a red flag. Again, that could also just be, you know, a viral laryngitis. If the person is drooling, so that means not only is it painful for them to swallow, but they might not be swallowing their own, you know, saliva. So that again can be, you know, indicative that there is a significant amount of swelling back there and there could even be obstruction. Strider is a very high-pitched noise that people can make when they take a breath in or out. Um, so if they have strider, again, associated, that might be a sign that there's an obstruction that's causing them to not get good airflow in. Um, so that, that can also cause respiratory distress. And then lastly, sometimes when we see people that are in this sort of distress from having a very severe sore throat um, and potentially obstruction, they will be in what we call this tripod position. So they actually are leaning forward um, and, and they are doing that because they have such a hard time kind of swallowing everything. And so that, that's more comfortable mm -hmm. for them to lean forward. So if we see any of those symptoms, then that would, again, 
maybe make us have to figure out what's going on more acutely. And there would be a sense of urgency to make sure there's no obstruction going on and to figure out what's causing this. Do, do, do we see tonsillitis still? Is that obviously as I'm getting older, I don't hear much about, about people having their tonsils removed, but would that, would that kind of get into this, into this same area, doc? Exactly. Yes. Yeah. So tonsillitis would be considered to be in the in the ballpark of, of sore throat and kind of a, one of those constellation of symptoms, you know, whether it's a virus or a bacteria that's affecting the inflammation in the throat, it can inflame your, your tonsils and cause them to have uh, swelling. And again, we think of it in terms of, you know, as kids, especially, you know, 20 or 30 years ago, if kids had a lot of throat infections, you know, sometimes the school of thought was just to take out the tonsils because you don't really need them. They're kind of a remnant of something that we no longer use. Um, so, so we would see kids that had those frequent infections have the tonsils taken out um, and sometimes the adenoids. Um, but I would say maybe that's happening less commonly now. Maybe we just have a better understanding of things. Um, but yes, for sure, the tonsils would be involved. Really interesting stuff this evening, that is for sure. Talking with Dr. Nicole, Madison's Direct Care Doc, right here on 1310 WIBA. You can learn more about Dr. Nicole. You can also learn more about Dr. Adam Balin, all online, the website, advocatedpc.com. It's a great resource. Also, if you're new to direct primary care, maybe you haven't heard the doc and I uh, talk, or maybe I haven't talked with somebody else about direct primary care. It's becoming very, very popular. You can learn more online, the website, advocatedpc.com. That's advocatedpc.com. PC.com. It's a great, uh, of course, option for you or if you're looking for something for your family when it comes to primary care, or if you're a business owner or business leader, direct primary care is definitely something you want to explore. You can learn more online, advocatedpc.com. That's advocatedpc.com. If you got a question about something we talked about on the program, or maybe a question about direct primary care or something you'd like us to talk about on the show, you can always email the doctor. That's drhemkiss at hotmail.com. That's drhemkiss at hotmail.com. Dr. R-H-E-M-K-E-S at Hotmail.com. We'll continue our conversation with Dr. Nicole. We'll talk about a little bit more about what kind of goes on when you see a doctor. We'll talk about the difference between bacterial and viral, and we'll also talk kiwis. We'll do all of that next in the program. Full scope with Dr. Nicole here on 1310 WIBA. Thirteen ten WIBA. This is Full Scope with Dr. Nicole, Madison's direct care doc. You can learn more about Dr. Nicole online. The website, of course, advocatedpc.com. That's advocatedpc.com. Email drhemkes at hotmail.com. That's d-r-h-e-m-k-e-s. Of course, is the is the email at hotmail.com. And telephone number 608-268-6211. That's 608 608- 268-6211, talking uh, tonight about sore throat. We talked about some of the common causes. Um, we talked about, uh, about of course, uh, some of the things that doctors are looking for. And let's talk about, Doc, when uh, when folks come in to see you, they've got, uh, you know, they've got that sore throat, and you mentioned kind of the, the diag- kind of the, the initial questions. What kind of goes on for you on, on the medical side? What are you looking for? Are you taking things like cultures or those type of things or kind of what goes on there? Exactly. So, you know, first and foremost, we always start with the the interview, the history, um, you know, getting all their medications, their medical illnesses that they have, the timing and kind of the progression of how these symptoms started and what other symptoms that they have besides the sore throat. Um, and then in many cases, you know, if, if it has more of these symptoms like fever, um, tonsils are swollen, they have lymph nodes, these sort of things that kind of point us more towards this could be a bacterial infection. 
many times we will do a test called a rapid strep test. I'm sure probably most of us have had this <laughs> test at some point in our lives. Um, in some cases, I mean, I have patients where I look in the back of their throat and I think this just looks like strep. I don't even need to take a culture. I will just treat this. Um, but in, in a lot of cases, we will do a rapid strep. Um, in some cases, we will just do a regular throat culture. So a rapid strep comes back very quickly. Let's say, you know, 15, 20 minutes. A throat culture would take probably a couple days to come back. And that would be a kind of a more definitive test. But again, you have to wait longer for it. So if it's something where a patient's having a lot of symptoms, sometimes you'll just do the rapid, even though there might be more false, false positives, false negatives. Um, and then, you know, the other important thing to keep in mind is that, you know, if this is a bacteria, by far the most common is strep. You know, we've all heard of strep throat and it's group A strep is what we call it because there's all different kinds of streps. Um, but that's by far the most common bacterial cause of, of a sore throat. Um, but there are also other causes bacterial um, such as gonorrhea, chlamydia, syphilis. For So for whatever reason, um, the STIs, the sexually transmitted infections, um, that tends to be a very common symptom is sore throat of those. So again, if if you've ruled somebody out for, you know, strep throat, that might be something, you know, again, pointing towards their history or if, if, if there is a potential that that could be a cause, we'd need to rule that out. And then when we look at viruses, um, again, you know, now we've, we're tired of hearing the word virus because of the whole <laughs> COVID situation, um, but viruses, we commonly think of the common cold, right, which is a coronavirus. Um, so we've had coronaviruses for, uh, as, you know, I guess, forever, um, but they usually cause kind of upper respiratory symptoms like runny nose, sore throat, headaches, these sort of things. So um, if somebody just has a common cold that's associated with a sore throat, um, and that can also be a rhinovirus, um, then we think of things like Epstein-Barr, which causes mono, so infectious mononucleosis, which is a very common cause of sore throat. And that can sometimes be the only presenting symptom is the sore throat. Um, you know, we typically see this in maybe younger college age type people, but, um, you know, we can, you know, sometimes see it in adults, it's less common. Um, and then again, on in the virus side, herpes and HIV can also um, present as sore throat or sore throat as part of a constellation of symptoms. So it's, it's really good to get a, a thorough history. And then that will kind of help. And, and then along with the physical exam, that will help dictate what lab tests we need to order so with that and you mentioned some of the lab tests and stuff is is uh, with I, I think with with correct me if i'm wrong doc with the bacterial those are typically swabs same thing with with a virus or how do you diagnose a, a virus um a viral infection so you know we don't typically test for viral infections okay. and again let's let's not even get into covid because we obviously <laughs> test for that but <laughs> because again if it's if, if we think based on everything we see and we've ruled out the patient for a strep Mm-hmm. which again, we would treat with antibiotics. If we think they have they have a common cold and we've ruled them out for, again, there are other, uh, let's say, you know, obviously we would test for something like HIV or herpes if we suspected that. But if we just suspect that they have a common cold, um, you know, we wouldn't typically check for that. If we did suspect, let's say, um, mono mononucleosis, then we can do a blood test for that. But in most cases, even for things like the flu, let's say, for example, um, unless that person has, um, you know, underlying immunosuppressive, uh, you know, illnesses that are going to make flu really bad for them, um, or they have some high risk characteristics, um, you know, again, we usually won't check for the flu. We can treat flu um, empirically if we need to. Um, but it's usually just a diagno- a clinical diagnosis, and we don't usually do follow-up testing for infections with the you know, exception of those 
sexually transmitted infections. As we're talking tonight with Dr. Nicole, if you've ever got a question about direct primary care, maybe something you'd like us to talk about on the program, you can always email Dr. Hemkis. Her email address is drhemkis at hotmail.com. That's D-R-H-E-M-K-E-S at hotmail.com. Of course, the website, advocatesdpc.com. That's advocatesdpc.com. A telephone number to make an appointment and become a member at AdvocateMD, 608 608- 268-6211. That's 608-268-6211. Um, Doc, everything should be solved by pills, and I'm going to tell you I want my antibiotics here. Um, I'm assuming a lot of people demand that, and there are reasons why um, these are these are prescribed judiciously and making sure as well as they're actually something that are able to treat the sore throat because, as you were talking, there's different causes. Anti- antibiotics aren't always going to solve those problems, are they? Yes, you are correct. Um, you know, and this is one of the things that drives me a little crazy about telemed, right? <laughs> yeah. Because, you know, you call into a telemed doctor or maybe a non-doctor and you tell them your symptoms and, you know, it's kind of hard to look at your throat through the computer in most cases. So they will prescribe you an antibiotic. And and the interesting thing or just the thing to be aware of is that, you know, viruses are self-limited, you know, in most cases. So a virus, you might start to feel better in five to seven days. So you you start taking that antibiotic that you've been prescribed and then you start to feel better, you know, four days later or whatever. So you think like, oh, this really, this antibiotic helped. But it was just, in many cases, I think there is. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. An overprescribing of antibiotics in our society. I mean, they, they've done studies that have proven this. Um, again, because understandably, sometimes people don't want to wait it out. They don't want to kind of treat the symptoms and, um, you know, kind of see if, if things improve over 48 to 72 hours. They think, well, if I can take an antibiotic and make it improve today then I want to do that. But again, the downside of that is that you do, we do have situations now where there are antibiotic resistance. So people that can't take, you know, a bunch of different antibiotics because they're now resistant to these. So it makes it harder to treat certain illnesses. Um, So that's just something to be good. That's good to be aware of because if you've gone into a doctor and they've ruled you out for strep, then there's a very high likelihood that you don't have a bacterial throat infection. It's probably viral and it's probably something that you can wait out And again, then if we have a patient that comes in and they've been waiting this out for seven days and it's not improving and, you know, so we kind of take it on a case by case basis. Um, But, you know, that we try not to prescribe antibiotics unless we do feel that this is a bacterial throat infection. Doc, what about things like, um, and not the pill side, but kind of like the, I think of even what I do is, you know, I'll keep um, little lemon drop candies around just to, just to kind of keep my throat moist as I talk through the day and those type of things. But I also know there's a lot of sprays and some other stuff out there. Um, Are those obviously not, I guess, probably not treatments, but are those just kind of soothing relief things? Are those, are those advised or or what's kind of the guidance on that kind of stuff? Yeah, I think, you know, I think lozenges in in general are good. I mean, I think it, in many cases it helps stimulate saliva production. And so that can, that can help in and of itself. You know, I mean, the, the citrus lozenges have vitamin C, which there's some thought that that has some immuno boosting characteristics. Um, there's zinc lozenges, and there's also some, 
you know, some studies showing that zinc can help. Um, it, and there's a lot of over-the-counter options in terms of um, kind of these, these numbing or kind of anesthetic, uh, topical anesthetics that help for the throat. Like I, I like to tell people to take Sepacol. That's actually a benzocaine topical, um, which th that comes in a lozenge. And then there's a spray called chloroseptic spray um, that is a phenol um, type spray, which is also kind of an anesthetic. Um, so you can spray that in the back of your throat. And again, we're trying to treat the symptoms and make the pain more tolerable so that you can get through the, the symptoms, um, you know, for the course of time that it takes. And many people will benefit from even, you know, NSAIDs. So things like ibuprofen has, have been studied and have found to have been beneficial um, for sore throats. So those would typically be my first line if I feel like this person likely has a viral versus bacterial, I would do NSAIDs and then some topical um, analgesic for their throat. Are there are there any prescription? Uh, are, is there ever a point where we get to like a description, a prescription type topical, or are those typically all handled over the counter? Yeah, not not for the case. There are prescription strength topical. You know, um, you know, I would say numbing medicines for other type of pain conditions, mm -hmm. but for sore throat, typically we don't need to to do that. You know, um, it, it, with rare exceptions to that. Usually, the over the counters will will be able to do a good enough job. Talking tonight with Dr. Nicole Hemkiss of Advocate MD. You can learn more about the doctor. You can learn more about direct primary care. You can also learn more about Advocate MD and their two convenient locations. You can also learn not only about Dr. Nicole, but also Dr. Adam Balin, also at Advocate MD, all online. The website, advocatedpc.com. That's advocatedpc.com. Great resource to learn more about the doc and, of course, learn more about direct tr primary care as well online. Telephone number to make an appointment to become a member at Advocate MD, 608. 268-6211. That's 608-268-6211. We'll wrap up our conversation with Dr. Nicole and our conversation involving sore throat, and then we will talk about kiwi and, of course, all the great properties of it in our Food as Medicine segment. We'll do all of that next as Full Scope with Dr. Nicole, Madison's Direct Care Doc, continues right here on 1310 WIBA. This is Full Scope with Dr. Nicole, Madison's direct care doc. Telephone number at Advocate MD to make an appointment and become a member, 608-268-6211. That's 608-268-6211. If you haven't checked out the website for Advocate MD, it is a phenomenal resource. You can learn more about Advocate MD. Of course, there are two locations. You can learn more about the whole team at Advocate MD. And of course, Dr. Nicole, Dr. Balin, all online. The website, advocatedpc.com. That's advocatedpc.com. And again, the telephone number to make an appointment and become Become a member at Advocate MD, 608-268-6211. That's 608-268-6211. Um, Doc, uh, one final thing as we're kind of wrapping up our conversation on sore throats. Um, I think about, you know, when we go in for our for our annual physical and those type of things. Um, are there times where people may have throat irritations or throat issues? And I obviously I know a part of, you know, the, the routine physical you guys are, are taking a look back there doing the ah kind of thing. <laughs> um, are there things that sometimes people may not be aware of as far as um, sore, th or sore throat issues that, that you are seeing that maybe even a patient may not even realize they have? Um, you know, I mean, typically not. I mean, usually if, if they have, you know, something abnormal on the exam, they will usually be coming in describing some sort of symptoms. I guess there are you know, rare cases where we might see a growth or something back there, especially if the person is a smoker, we have to be very 
conscientious to, to look for any sort of abnormalities in the back of the throat to rule out, you know, obviously throat cancer and things. Um, but, but I would say, again, in, the, in those cases, those patients usually have some symptoms associated with that at that point. Every time I go in, the doc says, you've got huge tonsils. I just don't touch them. <laughs> I'm always afraid they're going to try and try and remove them. So really, really good stuff. A uh, lot of great information. By the way, if you've missed uh, any part of tonight's program, or maybe you missed a previous show or you want to get caught up, you can always go not only to advocatedpc.com, you can also go to wiba.com to the Advocate MD and Full Scope section. Listen to the podcast right there. Mention the website too, Advocates DPC. It's a phenomenal website with a lot of great information about Advocate MD, the great practice that the doctors have and of course the great ways they can help you or your family or if you're an employer some great options for you as well for your employees check that all out online at advocatedpc.com that's advocatedpc.com the telephone number 608-268-6211 that's 608-268-6211 tonight doc in our food as medicine segment you want to talk kiwis and as a big fan of kiwis I can't wait to 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 talk a little bit more. Uh, let's talk just kind of an overall view of them. Am I right on this? Uh, antioxidant they they've they're they're pretty powerful in that area, aren't they? Yeah. So I actually in the process of doing some research about this because I was trying to fi- you know tie in the common cold to some yeah. sort of food. Uh, you know, I didn't really. I mean, I I kind of assumed that kiwis were healthy because they're a fruit and most fruits are pretty healthy. But I didn't really know as much about the kiwi as I probably should have. Um, you know, they, they have been studied in terms of the, you know, their antioxidant capabilities and, uh, you know, all fruits have antioxidants. Some are more uh, concentrated, such as berries, which we've talked about. Um, but, you know, antioxidants have benefits in terms of reversing the aging process, you know, uh, cells that are damaged, helping to repair those more quickly. And they also have immune boosting, uh, you know, capabilities. So it's thought that if you have a diet that's more antioxidant rich, um, that you can, you know, hopefully fight off infections more easily. Um, and also um, any sort of inflammation, whether it's arthritis or other sort of in- inflammatory conditions, that those would be improved. Um, but the some uh, papers that I read specifically were talking about the common cold. Um, and they did a study um, actually in New Zealand, and they studied the gold kiwi, which I'm not exactly sure what a gold kiwi is. <laughs> but um, they were finding, uh, they, they were eating it looks like two, two or three kiwis a day. And they were looking at different properties of these people in terms of their ability to fight infections, specifically upper respiratory infections. Um, and it was interesting because, you know, they repeatedly say in this paper, you know, why did they decide to study the kiwi versus some other fruit, you know, a banana or whatever. And they said that the study was actually being sponsored by a kiwi producer um, so that they could find out the benefits of the kiwi. Um, but you know, one of the things that they found was that uh, they did a bunch of different studies about kiwis, but one of the studies, they had elderly patients that were eating two bananas a day versus four kiwis, and they did this for one month. And they found that um, not necessarily the incidence of them getting colds or other viruses uh, didn't necessarily decrease, but the severity and the duration when they did get a cold decreased significantly. So for those in the banana group, that cold might last five days on average. And those in the Kiwi group, it lasted about one day on average. Um, so much lower severity and duration. They did an additional study on small children because we know that kids get a lot of viruses, especially when they're very little, you know, like in the two, three, four-year-old group, um, especially when they start going to daycare and things, they constantly are getting viruses. Um, so they studied, again, 
and I, they didn't say in this paper how many kiwis and how many bananas they were giving these kids, but um, they found again that the kiwi group versus the banana group in this case had a 50% reduction in the incidence. So th- they actually did decrease incidence versus just the duration and severity. So the kids that were eating more kiwis didn't get colds and flus by a factor of 50% less. So that's wow. pretty darn significant. And, um, you know, they've actually looked at other conditions like insomnia and IBS. Um, and they found um, in a study that they did that people that were consuming two kiwis one hour before bed, um, it's thought that this decreased some sort of oxidative stress that was happening in their body. Um, and this has some sort of serotonin effect to it. And also kiwis have folate in them, which has some restorative properties with sleep. Um, so these people had le- lower incidence of um, sleeping difficulty. Um, so that that's really interesting. And then lastly, they were looking at things like DNA repair. And they did a study back in um, 2003 in the Journal of Carcinogenics. And they found that there was decreased oxidative damage to DNA if the person was consuming two kiwis a day. Um, so again, any sort of age-related condition. So you know, potentially it could be things like dementia or anything that kind of as we get older, it gets more progressively severe, um, that by eating two kiwis a day, that that would decrease their potential to to develop those. That is amazing. Uh, and Doc, you remember the first time, and, and you grew up uh, in Florida, so you maybe you're a little more familiar with this than I am. Um, I remember the first time I, I learned that pineapples grew on the ground and not in trees. Um, when you mentioned we were going to talk kiwis today, I Googled kiwis and I learned kiwis grow on vines like grapes. And I'm shocked by that. I'm also shocked that they're most they're native of, of China. I would have assumed New Zealand, but apparently China's number one producer, Italy number two, and New Zealand comes in at number three, which very fascinating stuff. So with as, as we talk about about uh, kiwis and, and our food as medicine segment, you mentioned all these great studies and all these you know all these great uh, benefits that that these studies are, are showing that that uh, can be can be brought by kiwis um, with the with the with the kiwi as well, uh, vitamins and other things, and you mentioned antioxidants as well. What exactly? And I know we've touched on this, and I've asked this very question before. Antioxidants, what makes them so important? Yeah, so I mean, not to get too much into the weeds, because mm-hmm. honestly, I don't even know the all of the molecular details of it. But the thought is that, you know, all whenever our body is under stress, you know, either that's physical stress in terms of, um, you know, more inflammation in the body that it releases these free radicals. Um, and then that, you know, contributes to, you know, having injury in the body, and it, you have to heal those things by having antioxidants, which would kind of reverse those effects. Um, so that that's the thought process that the antioxidants are helping to eliminate these free radicals and to reduce this oxidative stress. And again, I, I don't even know all the molecular details of that, but you know, the interesting part about the Kiwi, um, you know, I talked about some of the things that, you know, other than antioxidants, mm-hmm. you know, it has a lot of vitamins. It has a lot of vitamin C. Um, one Kiwi has approximately 230% of your daily vitamin C. Again, that vitamin C is another immuno booster. All fruits have a lot of fiber, um, but of course, kiwi does have a lot of fiber and, you know, there's tons of health benefits from that. Um, but then, uh, yeah, so the antioxidants, the vitamin C and the fiber are kind of the the main 
things I think of why this is such a healthy fruit. That is a really, really cool, pretty amazing stuff. That's for sure. Talking tonight with Dr. Nicole Hemkes. She comes to us from Advocate MD, which is a direct primary care practice. If you're not familiar with direct primary care, it is a great model, a great option for you, your family. If you're an employer with employees looking for some great options when it comes to primary care, definitely check out direct primary care. You can learn more online, the website AdvocateDPC.com. That's AdvocateDPC.com. To make an appointment and become a member at Advocate MD, all you got to do is pick up the phone, give the doc a call. Telephone number 608 268 6211. That's 608 268 6211. And again, the website DPC.com. We'll talk a bit about direct primary care. We'll talk with the doc a little bit more about uh, her practice and Advocate MD. Talk about uh, her and, of course, Dr. Adam Balin. And we'll get some details on that as well as the two convenient locations of Advocate MD. We will do that next as Full Scope with Dr. Nicole continues right here on 1310 WIBA. This is Full Scope with Dr. Nicole, Madison's direct care doc, right here on 1310 WIBA. Don't forget to learn more about Dr. Nicole and Dr. Balin all online. The website, AdvocateDPC.com. That's AdvocateDPC.com. To become a member and make an appointment at Advocate MD, all you got to do is pick up the phone, give the doc a call. Telephone number 608 608- 268-6211. That's 608-268-6211. And Doc, one of the really cool things about direct primary care and, and, and being a direct primary care practice is you don't you, you don't use insurance. You don't work through insurance. It doesn't mean that people don't have high deductible plans or other options, or maybe they have a workplace uh, plan that they, that they have. Um, when it comes to direct primary care, you don't have to worry about those things. You don't bill insurance. You kind of take that, that factor off the table, don't you? Exactly. So, um, you know, the the interesting part is that we don't deal at all with insurance, um, but most of our patients do have insurance. You know, they can have a variety of coverages. They can have, you know, high deductible policies, Cadillac insurances, health shares. Um, but the idea behind this is that, you know, you don't need to utilize your insurance for the everyday maintenance type things. Uh, use um, direct primary care because you pay a monthly membership. Then when you come in, there's no charge for that visit. We get get you discounts on medications and labs and radiology. Um, So you use your insurance for when you have something really big happen. You need a surgery. You have to be admitted to the hospital through the ER for some reason. Those kind of unpredictable things that you can't anticipate are going to happen. You want to have coverage for those. But for the kind of everyday things, the expected things, you have a minor urgent care thing that comes up, your well exams, your chronic disease management you know, minor procedures in the office, those things we do in the, in our clinic. um, And we don't charge anything extra for those. And then you don't have to worry about kind of getting these unexpected surprise medical bills because your insurance didn't cover this and you thought that they did. You haven't met your deductible yet. So that office visit is out of pocket and it's $200 or $400. Those labs are another $200. So, you know, again, I, I still get a lot of questions from prospective patients or patients about, you know, I don't really quite understand, like I have insurance, so why would I need this kind of like it's a duplication, but it's really not because, you know, we just need to change the way we think about insurance and we don't need insurance for the everyday stuff. We need it for the big stuff. So we should kind of choose our insurance based on that and choose a high deductible policy. 
and then utilize direct primary care for everything else. Um, and so I think that's really the way we have to kind of change our thinking. You know, one of the, th- and I know we touched on it uh, on the, on the uh, Friday morning program as well, but I think one of the, one of the best examples and kind of a parallel, although not exact parallel, but a really close one is involving things like, like, you know, in car insurance or other types of insurance, but specifically car insurance. And doc, you mentioned things like, you know, you don't, you don't, have an oil change you don't bill that through your insurance you pay for that out of pocket and, and kind of what we talk about with with direct primary care is you have a membership to advocate md you, that's that stuff is covered and you don't have to bill through insurance you don't have to get some surprise bill or um this coverage or you got to stay in this certain network if you want to get uh any type of things direct primary care is is a really really cool option and um i do think a lot of people i think one of the biggest things that, that they always come back with is how are you able to do this and keep it so affordable? And the reality is, Doc, and correct me if I'm wrong, uh, it's because you don't have to work through insurance and have that, you know, all those people involved and everybody kind of getting their cut. It really keeps keeps costs much lower. Yes. So for a primary care doctor, once we get rid of insurance, our overhead is lowered by something between 30 and 50%. So we don't need billers and coders and, you know, an expensive electronic medical record. Um, and, you know, a lot of documentation for all of these little things, which take a lot of time. Um, so, yes, we can simplify things a lot by taking out the insurance, which is really the middleman. And they kind of set up all the, this red tape and bureaucratic, you know, prior authorizations and, you know, give, you know, having rejections for things that they should be paying and having to call them back. So once we take all that out, uh, we keep it very simple. We lower our overhead costs and we kind of pass that savings along to the patient. And instead of a doctor spending all their time filling out the paperwork and documenting all of these things and filling out all these forms, we spend that time with the patient. Simpler, better, more affordable. That's Direct Primary Care. You can learn more about Advocate MD and Direct Primary Care all online. The website, advocatedpc.com. That's advocatedpc.com. And the telephone number, 608-268-6211. If you want to become a member and, of course, make an appointment with Dr. Nicole or Dr. Balin, again, just pick up the phone, give them a call. Telephone number, 608-268-6211. Doc, it's always great hanging out with you. Have a fantastic evening. Thank you, Sean. You too. This is Full Scope with Dr. Nicole right here, 1310 WIBA. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. (gasps) No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.